Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who demand that their towels be imported from Turkey. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2007's High School Musical 2. Start warming up. And bring your best moves. You got game? Little? Because the East High Wildcats are back. Whatever happens, as long as we're together, it's cool, right? To take on their biggest challenge yet. What are you doing here? I'm the new lifeguard. Summer job. I told you to hire Troy Bolton. Not the entire East High student body. Now, they're about to discuss. Yes, you uh, did not miss anything. We are doing the sequel first. We have not done the first High School Musical yet. Um, But we figured, you know, it's like an end of summer moment. Obviously, this is a very summer-themed movie. So here we are doing it. And you should know, I mean... If you watch the video versions, I'm so sorry. You are not seeing us right now. (laughs) And there is good reason for that. Um, We are actually in Hilton Head right now. Yes, we are. Um, So I figured like end of summer, we're on our last bit of summer vacation right now. So we are now going to live that, that summer fantasy. Yes, we are. Are you ready to get into the facts? Yes. I also literally just watched the end of this movie with you, so it's very fresh in my mind. Okay. High School Musical 2 was released on the Disney Channel on August 17th, 2007. I guess it was premiered. It premiered on the Disney Channel. It did not release. Uh, It was directed by Kenny Ortega, the man, the myth, the legend behind the High School Musical franchise. Um, He's primarily known for High School Musical. This is it, the Michael Jackson, like, last thing that he made before he died. Julian the Phantoms, Gilmore Girls, Newsies and Hocus Pocus. I'm pretty pretty sure This Is It was released after he died, but I'm not sure on that. No, no. I'm pretty sure that... Wait, I think you might be right. I think it was that they were preparing to go on that world tour and he like died in the middle of it. They were filming something with him when he was alive and then he passed and then they ended up releasing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Glad we got Good memory. Good memory. Um... Uh, Kenny Ortega's Wikipedia page describes him as filmmaker, tour manager, and choreographer. And I just feel like the tour manager part of it just feels like such a particular mood. Um, But he choreographed St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Dirty Dancing. And when he was... St. Elmo's Fire. I know. Joel Schumacher. They've worked together. They've worked together. Imagine the power. This is crucial information. The connections are already forming. Um, And he also directed tours for Cher, Gloria Estefan, Hannah Montana, and Michael Jackson. So what a spread of individuals on that list. Holy shit. High School Musical was written by Peter Barsolkini. (laughs) Barsolkini. That was like the longest pause of my life. Um, okay, like, so, why did you stop for so long? I was like reading the name really hard trying to say it right. Um, anyways, by him, he's known for this movie called Drop Zone and also literally all the high school musical content. So first movie, second movie, third movie, the random iPhone game, the spinoffs, everything, um, including the new series on Disney+. Plus. He seems to be a very big part of it. And then we have music by David Lawrence, which, okay, let me clarify this because I double-checked in the credits while we were watching it just now. David Lawrence wrote the score, I'm pretty sure. So he was also involved in Remember Me, American Pie 2, High School Musical 3, Teen Beach Movie 1 and 2, The Descendants, Cheetah Girls 2. So basically my understanding is that he does the scoring for these musical movies, but like there are individual songwriter duos or like individual songwriters who clearly wrote the songs for High School Musical and then they like bought the songs from random songwriters and put them in. Yeah, so David Lawrence did the score. A lot of different songwriters did each individual song. It would be like a whole thing to go into everyone who did those. But um, it's a varied group, which is interesting. 
I am trying to blaze through the facts this time because there's just so much to say about this movie. Um, But Audrey, would you like to read the plot synopsis? Yes. So obviously I'm sure I'm positive if you're listening to this, you already know what's up, but I will, I will (laughs) tell you anyway. So here's the plot synopsis. School's out for summer and the East High Wildcats are ready to make it the time of their lives after landing jobs in a wealthy country club owned by Sharpay and Ryan's family. Pretty good. Yeah, I'll take it. Audrey, can I do the honor? Yeah. Do you do you give me your blessing to read these two yeah. taglines? Okay, the first one. On August 17th, are you ready for the start of something new? And... They're facing their biggest challenge yet, summer jobs, which is really horrendous. I like... Great. I like the first one. Um, It's neither of them are great, but no. the first one is better. Yes, agreed. Okay, so now with this cast, um, I wrote down all of the principal actors, but I didn't really write down anything else that they're in because for all of them, these are like their career defining roles. Unfortunately, I think maybe Zac Efron is like on the way to that not being true, but not really fully. No, he's not. Okay. Vanessa Hudgens is more, it's more true for her than it is for Zac Efron. I mean, yeah, like nobody thinks of him for any movie specifically other than High School Musical. Yeah, I guess you're right. He hasn't done that. Yeah, okay. Well, he, in my heart, when I think of him, I think of him in High School Musical and then also Hairspray and Seventeen again. Um, And like Dirty Grandpa or whatever the fuck. I don't know why that's in my brain. It's because the trailer was disturbing when I watched it. Uh, And then we have Vanessa, then Vanessa Ann Hudgens as Gabriella. She was in Spring Breakers. She was in 13. Beastly. Uh, Beast. Let's not forget about Beastly. Um, so that's saw her. her on Broadway. Yes, we saw her on Broadway as Gigi. Gigi. She kind of slayed. She actually did. <laughs> I actually was really living for her at that time. Yeah. And they re-recorded the soundtrack because it was a revival. So they did a, a Broadway soundtrack mm-hmm. for it. I listened to it. Really? Yes. To this day? No, 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 no. Oh, I, said, I said listen to it. But I did. Like... Um. I feel like I may have listened to a little bit and of it. And she does deserve her flowers for being able to sing live. Yes. And it's like, we'll get into it later, but. Yes. She can sing live. Yeah, totally. And there are many pieces of content that may make it seem otherwise. <laughs> yes. But I've seen it with my own two eyes. You experienced her theatrical majesty and IRL. she's good. She was good. Yeah. She was cute. Okay, next up we have Ashley Tisdale as Sharpay. Literally, to me, she's just, like, the ultimate Disney person, like, Phineas and Ferb, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, High School Musical, really, like, the blueprint for so many, like, obnoxious mid-aughts, like, white girls, mm-hmm. truly. Um, but she's she's great. I love her. And then we have Lucas Grabeel as Ryan. I looked at his credits briefly today, and he was on Switched at Birth, over 100 episodes of Switched at Birth. And he's also in the Harvey Milk movie, randomly. Mm -hmm. Talk Um, about someone who deserves their flowers. Yes. I can think of no one better. Yes. The way he had to subtextualize the homosexuality (laughs) so deeply. Do you think he was directed to be like that? Or do you think that they like... What do you mean? Like, do you, like... Like, the Audrey's like... Um, unpack that. No, I mean, like, do you think that that character was always supposed to be gay coded or do you think that he got casted in it and then it became gay coded? I think it's hard to say because I don't know what came first. Like, did they write for him or did they cast him after the part was written? You know, like, right. what, how did that was form? Was it like fancy pants in, high, or, uh, in School of Rock? Right. Like, but either way, they know what they did. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure I saw an article online that was like Kenny Ortega talking about how Disney and like the world wasn't they like didn't ready. They want him to be, yeah, they didn't want him to be like openly gay. Yeah. <laughs> but ladies, he was. <laughs> he really was. He really, really was. What's the difference? But, you know, that's why we love him. It's almost more realistic that he wasn't like out. The you know what I mean? He's wearing newsboy hats constantly and not out. Is there anything truer to life yeah, than like, that? True to form. Like, <laughs> he won't come out, but he doesn't need to. Literally. <laughs> There's so many people listening to this that are probably like, yep, that was me in high school. Like, yes, including some of our friends. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Corbin Blue as Chad. 
Need I say more about Mr. Blue? Hottie. Hottie. Also Broadway. As we have disclosed in the past, <laughs> literally about. posted the entire story to our grid for <laughs> during jump People in week. People loved that though. People were happy to see that. Um, I don't really know what else he's done since high school musical other than be a good Lots person. Lots of theater. Yeah. And um, he actually, I didn't even, in, until the new In the Heights movie came out, I like never really paid attention. But then when it came out, I was like looking into the Broadway history and like theater, theatrical history of the show. And yeah, Corbin Blue played Usnavi, yes, which is bad. <laughs> Why? Because he's not right for it. I don't really know anything about In the Heights. At like, he just trust me on this. He's not right for it. <laughs> Is he supposed to be like uncool? Um, yeah, yes. That character's supposed to be very Lin Manuel, very nerdy, very. <laughs> um, if you know what I mean. Sorry to any Lin stands out there. You have you have knocked on the wrong door, my friend. Um, we can talk about it later, but. Um, yeah, there's videos of him on YouTube doing that part. Oh, I would love to it's see that. Just, <laughs> it's just, it's just wrong. <laughs> oh no. Well, we love him anyway. Then we have Monique Coleman as Taylor. I feel like Monique Coleman has entered my mind the most over the past few years from all of the interviews she's done talking about how the people that did the hair for high school musical didn't know how to do black hair or like. Don't you feel like Corbin Blue would roll up and have like a very particular hair routine? Corbin knows how to do his own hair. <laughs> Clearly. But I feel like she also must have known how to do her own hair to a certain extent. Right. But I, I don't know. Probably it less seems, control. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because that was like part of Corbin's look was his hair. Right. Like when they casted him, that was probably his hair. Yeah. And um, yeah, she probably had less control. And also, yeah, they, they did her so dirty with those like thick headbands and stuff. Well, apparently the headbands were there to cover up the hairline. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. They yeah. did her, like they forced her to wear thick headbands. Like why couldn't they have gotten the hair crew from Jump In? Any of those because people. they're in Canada. <laughs> They're trapped. They couldn't come to Utah. They're in Toronto. That's so sad. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, I don't mean to disrespect Monique. I'm sure she's doing lots of things. But to me, I imagine that she would be like an ex-actor type person. I think this might not be true. Well, semi-recently, I saw that I'm pretty sure she released a song with Corbin. I think it was <gasps> like a Christmas song. Wait, that's kind of fierce. Yeah, very, very fierce. If I made that up, sorry, but I'm pretty sure that <laughs> is true. a huge letdown if that was something you made up. <laughs> because I saw the picture of them. It's so oh, cute. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, that sounds like it's real. Though. Yeah, I think she's kind of more on the like, there's a bunch of... um actors that were on Glee who now like have podcasts and stuff. Yes. I think she's kind of that vibe. Oh my God. That yeah. is, we need to team up with those people. Yeah. It's very... Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushko. Oh, what was it called again? What's their show called? I don't remember. Wow. Good for them. Okay. And then last up, I added Mark L. Taylor, who's the guy who plays Fulton. He's the only new character other than Sharpay's parents in this movie. Um, and he's known for the movies Inner Space, Homeward Bound, Arachnophobia, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Boston Legal, and Saving Grace. So um, literally, they made one original character and they made it Technically be Technically three, right? Who the With other ones? parents. Yeah, but the parents, like, barely exist. Um, anyway, so there's the cast. We know and love. Now we're going to get into these uh, numbers and uh, critical takes. All right, so the budget for this literal TV movie was $7 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not really box office opening weekend, obviously, because it was on TV. But 17 million viewers watched High School Musical 2 and its premiere broadcast, me being one of them. Yes. And Hannah. Too. Yes. <laughs> There's a story with that. Um, it's not that entertaining, but there is a story with that. I feel like I don't remember, so I'm excited to yes. hear what you say. Um, overall worldwide gross, the world may never know because it's not 
a movie in theaters. Yes, but I I should have looked up DVD sales because I'm sure that they made like an unbelievable amount of yeah. money in DVD sales. Because I'm pretty sure we even had it on DVD. We did. We did. And wow. they had so many. They were really smart about how they did that Disney who to thunk um, <laughs> with all of the extras. Yes. Because that was the enticing, like the extra enticing thing about getting the DVD, like the dance along. Right. Or like whatever feature. You know, if there was a behind the scenes featurette, we'd be playing, playing, paying. We're getting it. Cold hard cash for that shit. Yeah. And then, so there's an 83% (laughs) critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane. After the 83, I wrote three question marks in a parentheses. Keep in mind the last movie we watched Phantom of the Opera Mm -hmm. had what, like a 30% critic score and an 80% audience score? Yeah. Yeah. There was like a huge difference between them. Think of that. Yeah. Like that is unbelievable. Um, The critical consensus is surprisingly better than its predecessor, High School Musical 2 returns to enchant tweens with its snappy songs, wicked dance moves, and peppy spirit. Okay, and then here's two more critic opinions on High School Musical 2. While it'll satisfy its target demographic to no end, there's something lacking where instead of a soul, there's nothing more than the contrived emotionless plastic of a well-oiled money-making machine. And then the other one is, the kids are just as photogenic and the songs are just as hummable. It won't launch any more careers, but it's a good family film for a warm Friday night. (laughs) Specifically a warm Friday night. Yes, Seems real to me. Yeah, I agree. And then the audience score is 72%, so lower than the critic score. <laughs> really weird. Shout out to these critics for like, you know, losing all their brain cells yeah. for this. I don't know. And then this um, next line here is what I saw on the Rotten Tomatoes page when I tried to find the audience reviews for High School Musical 2. Would you care to read what so it says? There are no featured reviews for High School Musical 2. Because the movie has not released yet. (laughs) That's what it said. And I was like, "Mm, okay, sure. (laughs) All right. It was 2007, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, And then we have some letterboxed quips. And they are as follows. Kelsey is the worst dressed character in the history of film. (laughs) Sad, but true. Yes. Um, The best high school musical, Don't At Me, and The Empire Strikes Back of the series. We don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But there were a lot of people saying that. So if you're out there and you love Star Wars, please let us know what that means. I think it means it's good. I think it means it's the best one. I can only assume that that's what it means, but I really don't know for sure. Okay, so now, 2007, we're taking you back in the time machine. This, these were the things going on in culture at the time, leading up from like the beginning of 2007 through the summer. So first of all, the iPhone debuted. Prince performed in the Super Bowl. Britney began her quote unquote breakdown year or like, you know, like all the stupid coffee mugs you see where they're like, if Britney could remember 2007, then I can do this Monday or whatever. (laughs) Uh, That's like the year they're referring to. Anna Nicole Smith tragically dies in 2007. Paris Hilton is released from prison. Lindsay Lohan got arrested. The final Harry Potter book is released, selling 8.3 million copies on the first day. Uh, And all of this, so, well, first of all, we can't really just glaze over all of, like, the starlet drama from that year. Uh, I feel like this was, like, a really peak moment of, again, like, beginning internet and also the peak of tabloid power still. Um, I mean, we have talked about this year quite a bit. Yes. So just keep all that in mind. I'm sure, as I said that, it's like ringing some bells. Deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what do we remember about this movie from childhood, Audrey? Well, I remember a lot about this one. I don't know what it is about this movie, but it just hit me. It hit me at a time where... Like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hit me at a crucial moment in like middle school where you be you've become very self-aware and you like mm-hmm. understand you are like starting to understand that people are perceiving you okay you know anyway when this movie premiered we were in Canada <laughs> <laughs> okay we were on 
I'm pretty sure this was the Phantom of the Opera Canada vacation. <laughs> I think you're right. It, it, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would make sense. Because I was journaling. I was journaling in August 2007. <laughs> it was like a travel journal. Okay. But we were in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling actual stress about not being in front of the television when this movie was going to premiere. Okay. Because, like, it was the world event. Like, yeah. this is what we're doing right. on this night. Right. So I remember we were in the hotel room and I'm like, we got it. We're in Canada. Like, I need to figure out what channel this is on. Like, I'm confused. <laughs> and um, I journaled right before I had put, like... <laughs> Um, you know, like the maid of the mist boat. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I got like a postcard from that, and I like taped it into the journal, and oh. I like wrote about going on maid of the mist, and then I was like, High School Musical Two is about to be on. That's like, so cute. I was so lit, and then <laughs> um, we watched it, and I was really invested. Uh-huh. And then so. My hair was really, really long at this time. My hair has always been, had always been really long. Um, it was sort of like my aesthetic. It was I like guess. her thing. She had like the pics, like, like nymph, woodland nymph thing happening. Yeah. So, and we moved to Solon, Ohio also that summer. I was going to say that's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> the release of that movie, the Phantom Canada vacation, everything. <laughs> High School Musical 2 inspired me to cut my hair off like Gabriella. That's what it was. Oh, I didn't know That's that. That's why I cut my hair. Okay. Was because she cut her hair between wow. the first movie and the second movie. And you were like, new season of life. Yeah, we moved. I was like, they're just not going to know what hit them. And yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be that that girl. <laughs> um, little did I know that my hair was about to turn curly yeah, and right. cutting it only <laughs> magnified the problem <laughs> because all of a sudden it was lighter and it could be frizzier because it was lighter. Yes. So in short, <laughs> this movie caused me problems. <laughs> this movie caused me to buy frizzies for years on end and coat it. Coat my hair in frizzies until it was hard. Okay. <laughs> was it really hard? Yeah, like it would be hard. It was like crunchy. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> I cannot believe you remember that much. That's amazing. Okay, well, what I had written down was um I really thought. I, even though I was still in my emo phase, I still was like, these outfits are the moment. <laughs> and looking at them now, I'm like, these could not possibly look worse. <laughs> but back then I was like, I remember like I was watching the part when like Vanessa gets out of the golf cart at the baseball game. I was like looking at her outfit yeah. and I was like, yes, bitch. Get get it with the baby doll top. Like, there's so much shit like that. Mm-hmm. The little the braids. The colors are so random. Like, why? Yeah. But it was the moment, and I can respect that. You know, I don't yes. look down upon it. I appreciate it for what it was. And I have to say, I think that was kind of a great um, style like what was going on was kind of a great style for middle schoolers. I agree. It looks like they were dressing like middle schoolers. Yeah. yeah. And so that's awesome because yeah. it applied to like our age group right. and we could actually wear that stuff. Right. Like I feel like now no no. The uh the teen queens, you yes. know, for the for the children, they don't wear stuff that is appropriate for 12-year-olds. Yeah, no. <laughs> So. The teens also have like Shein and shit now, though. So like, yeah. I mean, we were we were trying to get that Massimo Target. We were literally like supply. grappling for Target. Like we were still trying to get out of JC Penney. Yeah. Like the kids I teach, the teenagers I teach, especially. I'm like you. It's like not you okay. Un- you don't understand. You don't understand what we went through. Like <laughs> I have a student who's 15. And literally, she's looked like she's 16 for the past three years. Yeah. She showed me her homecoming dress, and I was like, <laughs> literally, like, get away from me. Like, I cannot handle but the I, fact that you're allowed to look like it this. It does make me wonder, like, how that will age. I mean, it's very Their mental health is definitely way deeper down the shitter than ours was. Yeah. Um, 
But at least they don't look so awkward. I think it's better for them to just look awkward. And I agree. I mean, if I had to have Snapchat <laughs> in middle school, can you even imagine? No. And I, I'm, sure shenanigans. I'm sure there's people listening to this that did have it in middle school, mm. too. Sorry to you. Yeah. Because it seems horrible. I mean, I mi- like Snapchat became a thing that everybody had when I was a freshman in high school. So missed it by a hot second. Okay. So this movie, and let me just add, a slightly extended version of the movie is available on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, there that are that some... Huma Nuka Nuka Apua number. Oh, it is integrated into the thing. <laughs> the movie's kind of long. Longer than I remember. Um... But Audrey's giving me double eyes. <laughs> um, go watch it, and we will get the heck into our discussion of High School Musical 2. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Okay, we are back, and it is time to talk about High School Musical 2. Let's start with the good things, shall we? Let's. I'll go first, because I don't have a ton. First thing I wrote is the colors? Question mark. (laughs) I know they're oversaturated, but I still enjoy the way they look, you know? I think it's purposeful, and I... I, I, yeah. Well, obviously, it's purposeful, but I think... That it works here yeah. in this context. Also, I feel like in the first High School Musical, they're like never outside. And in this yeah. one, they're outside like the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that might be part of it too. This movie like is actually way more of like a real musical than the first one is. Yeah. Like I feel like in the first one, like the whole diegetic, non-diegetic thing with High School Musical especially is really confusing because it's like kind of half and half. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in this one, there's way more emotion-driven singing than there is like performance within uh, performance singing. So I just noted that. Um, You like that? Yes, (laughs) I do like it. I wrote, this is real musical, finally. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was funny And I enjoyed that in like every ensemble number, Vanessa Hudgens is just like blasting a top harmony like so loudly, especially in the in the first one. She's like, that's right, say it loud, like on top of everything. It's so loud. It's so repetitive. What time is it? Yes. I love in the beginning. Here's the thing. I kind of like when they're in the high school the best and they're like barely even in the high school. Mm -hmm. But the scene when Sharpay's like, I can't believe, Gabriella, that it's finally time for me to say goodbye. Like how much she hates her is really funny. The way that Sharpay sings towels imported from Turkey. I love how she sings that. I love 
that in the song about working in the kitchen, Zeke randomly gets a harmony on his part. Mm -hmm. Like one of the best and worst things about this movie is that all the songs are produced like they're pop songs. So there's like a lot of unnecessary vocal shit in it. But sometimes it's, I mean, it's fun. It's very of that time. I really loved it when uh, Vanessa and Zach were on the golf course. (laughs) And the sprinklers when went off. About Zach to goes, so. "You're gonna get so <laughs> wet!" Ha ha. Like what? I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, Ad libbed for sure. Oh, definitely. And then his awkward laughing afterward made yeah. it so much better. I like that the blocking is very theatrical, and that's yeah. It. But I mean, that's edging. It's almost like edging into a bat. Like probably one of the less good qualities of the movie which is that they're all overacting in a way that I haven't witnessed in like ever yeah and rewatching it today I was like this is so much more intense overacting than I remembered okay what are your other good things okay um opening choreography goes hard yes T as in Troy (laughs) (laughs) and he goes yeah. <laughs> Literally, no. Um, I love that Sharpay said that the theme of the talent show is redemption. <laughs> like, even that's iconic. Honestly, the whole High School Musical franchise is just theater kids slander for no reason. Yeah. It's like normies swooping in to like take the shreds of what they have. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, I appreciate that Miss. Jessica Tuck of Billboard Dad fame yes. is in this movie as Sharpay's mother. Um, if you know, you know. And yeah. she cannot be mistaken. Like, you see her and you're like, oh, I know exactly who I'm looking <laughs> at. Zeke and Sharpay, the ship that got away yes. is what I'm saying. Everybody, yes. I think that is an opinion that everybody has. Um but like they that that um, coupling follows through even to the third movie, but they never di- they never dive into it. It's just like there. It's so weird to me. It's like da- it's very like dance partner like for blocking purposes. Yeah, it's to like me. you guys are not a couple. You're just like a dance part like your yeah. dance partners. Yeah. yeah. I also wrote down. We are gonna get so wet. <laughs> um. Also. I thought it was funny. Ryan is doing like surveillance, um, yeah. talking to Sharpay about like spying on Troy and Gabriella. And he goes, he calls her, her code name is Golden Throat. <laughs> Gabriella is No, Golden no, Sharpay's oh. code name. I forget what his is, but she, he's like copy Golden Throat or whatever. That's <laughs> really funny. funny. Um, when Troy and Gabriella have their little pool date or whatever uh-huh. and they're like there's like underwater shots <laughs> it's so weird and the score is also so weird in that moment but I'm into it yeah. anyway and then also appreciate and am kind of equally disturbed by breaking <laughs> the fourth wall for no reason <laughs> like in solo numbers oh yeah Zach. Um, Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens both break the fourth wall. Yes. And it's like, look away. I'm not here. But yeah, that's my appreciation. Holy shit. Okay. The bad column. Good Lord. Here we go. I thought that the very corny and weird, like, sitcom-esque, like, here are some sweeping shots of the locations inside the high school. I thought that was a really weird way to start. Well, it's like a, it's like a trope. Is it? Yeah, that's very much a trope. I feel like in large franchises, when people are a huge, like, crazed fans of something Mm -hmm. like it does like somehow that makes sense to me that they would do these like sweeping shots of like the areas you know because you're not going to be seeing them for the rest of the movie so you might as well see them now yeah like I was wondering like did they get those at the end of the last movie like did they I mean they did shoot there so I'm sure they thought that was super strange love I love it but it's also bad that there's a lot of instances in the movie where like the vocal line is slightly out of sync with the instrumental there's a lot of it in the first number 
what time is it? Summertime. <laughs> and there is a really bad example of it in the last song too. So maybe just like the also stuff. One. Yes, the stuff uh, at the beginning and end sort of got mm, looked over. Um, Ashley Tisdale's singing voice. <laughs> like, am I grateful for the contributions she's made? Yes. However, I mean, if we're going to talk about Ashley Tisdale vocals, we should really just be talking about he said, she said, you know, her own discography. Right. Okay. Um, which I find to be a lot more passable than the vocals in this movie. Yes. I mean, she was always super nasally. She was always super straight tone. But they did her really dirty in High School Musical 2. Like, especially in the verses of Fabulous. Yeah. They sound so bad. Yeah. And that whole, like, the ending section of Fabulous, where she, it's just like that big note. Like, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Like, it's so bad. It's so shrill. Yeah. It's not good. It's kind of shocking how bad it sounds. Um, Zac Efron is so much more embarrassing than I remember him being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's so corny and he's so unself-aware the entire time. It's, like, shocking how little perspective he has. I mean, the writing Ugh. for, the writing is really, really bad for this movie. Yeah, it's the, bad. And I mean, like, not not so much talking about the songs, but the scenes and the story, like what is yes. connecting each song. Totally agree. Is piss poor. I mean, the songs are great. Yeah. And that's what everyone remembers. Yes. But, but the you, story is you really actually bad. think of what the story of this movie is, and it's like, I'm drawing a blank. Nothing <laughs> what happens. is going on? Nothing here? Happens. The plot of it is. They all get jobs at this one place, and then Zach Efron is being courted by college scouts. And then he, like, gets too big for his britches for, like, 10 seconds. Everybody hates him for 20 seconds. Yeah. Then they all forgive him in five seconds, mm-hmm. and then it's over. Yep, that's and, it. And not to mention, we're just going to vilify Ryan on the way, huh? Are we? Well, we didn't vilify well, him. He gets held up in a— he gets like held up in a nice way yeah. for a good portion of the movie in the way in a way that we didn't get to see in the first one. Right. Um, and I actually something I do appreciate about High School Musical 2 is you get to see characters interact that usually don't. Yeah. Like these Gabriella Ryan scenes. Right. Um, which that's a whole other thing because anybody like if you were Troy and you saw Gabriella hanging out with Ryan, I don't know that you would feel threatened by that. <laughs> I don't think you would. Um, either way, love that they put that in there. It's so it's such a funny reach for it's them to very even try. Funny, and and the thing is, they don't even really commit to it that hard in the movie either. No, <laughs> like, they're just kind of like, yeah, they're like, okay, if they're touching, I guess that will make him jealous? <laughs> question mark. But there's like zero chemistry or effort of anything. Mm-hmm. This movie also really reminds me of Princess Diaries too, in that it feels like they're having way too much fun filming it. Not the worst thing in the world, but sometimes, like, dude, like that part when it's Corbin Blue and Zac Efron in the kitchen and they do that weird oh, yeah. thing. They're like, boom, disgust. <laughs> I hate it. It, it like, gives what me, is that? it pains me in my soul. Flop sweats. The worst. And I remember, I'm sure you guys do too, like, since they love to make different versions of the movie that they could show and sell. Remember when they did the ones that had the fun facts? Yes. That popped up during yes. the movie? I remember during that part, the little fact that popped up was like, this was improvised by Corbin and Zach. Obviously. Like, oh, really? You mean someone wrote, didn't write that in a screenplay? Like, yeah. Like, it's the most distracting, weird <laughs> improvisation ever. And then, and then it just makes me start wondering, like, so what was their friendship like that right. led them to even think of this? Like, like, improv guys? Like, what am I witnessing here? <laughs> Just so, I hate that part so much. I found Zach uh, or Troy's random ability to be good at golf to the point where they want him to t- fucking teach golf to be so, like, iconic in the sense of like that's his whole character is that shit's just really easy for him yeah. and then he gets like trapped in his own like labyrinth of yeah. like opportunities yeah I'm like wait so 
His struggle that he keeps singing about over and over and over again through all three movies is like, I'm just good at so much stuff. Literally, like, yeah. I'm just so good at everything. It's like really stressful and like everybody hates me for it. It's like, sorry. And it's never like, oh, should I go into singing? But it's such a hard life or like basketball is such a hard life. He's like, I'm going like, to fucking kill it in either, yeah. but I got to pick one or the other, you know, like that's and the I vibe. It's like good girlfriend and like she's really hot and like Ew. everybody wants me anyway. I hate it so much. He is like the least sympathetic protagonist I think I've maybe ever witnessed. But what's weird about it <laughs> is that we all like ate it up. Kind of. But I, like, neither you or me were yeah. big Zac Efron fans. No. We did not care, like, at all. Really? Not really. About him, he was specifically. Al- we, he was always cute in Hairspray, though. Yeah, Hairspray was good. Yeah. But, um, he, uh, I'm just like, what? I think I genuinely was thinking, yeah, that must be hard, you know? <laughs> yes. When I was little, I'd be like, yeah. You're like, wow, it's so hard to be a teenager. It must be hard. Yeah, because we weren't teenagers. No, I we wasn't anyway. No, so, I was And you were not. like 13. Yeah, I wasn't really there yet. So okay. we were like, I guess this is what high school is like. <laughs> okay, this is my last bad thing before we get into the problematic stuff. So one thing that I found to be very confusing about this movie is that, okay, presumably the country club is in Albuquerque, which is where they all live. But the way that... That Gabriella like leaves the club. It seems like she's like leaving summer camp or like she's moving away. Like the way that it's so grand, I was like, why? Like, no, your mom just picked you up from your shift. Literally, like, but it's lit so dramatically. <laughs> it's not that serious. Also, she does not have a plot line in this at all. No. And I I hate it. But it's okay. They gave her a bit of redemption in the third movie (laughs) with having a plot line. Like, it is mostly about her, kind of, actually, and less about Troy. The second movie is about Troy. The third movie, about Gabriella, more so. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I, like, can barely even remember the third movie. But, I mean, we all know what that calls for. She's got a good solo in the third movie. Which one is it? What's the song? Oh, my God. Oh, it's and the pictures are disappearing on the wall. Yes, 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 yes. Like, it's so good. I don't remember the song that well, but, like, I remember the uh-huh. visual. Yeah. Can, and then there's, can I have this day? Isn't can it really I similar to um, uh, that one Cheetah Girls song, the four voices perfectly blended? Yeah, kind of. It's like that. But I can't remember it right now. Okay. But, um... Anyway, yeah, I do think the third movie serves her a bit of redemption. That's good. Because she, like, goes to Harvard or something. It's it's Dude, weird. Of course she does. <laughs> it's weird. Okay, what are your bad things? Um, the Audrey's face. She just looks so, so perturbed. Yeah. Gabriella and Troy are annoying as hell. Yeah. I'm on Sharpay's side. I want to break him up, too. Yeah. I mean... I'm not really on Sharpay's side because she, like, wants to be with him, yeah. not just break them up. Yeah. I'd be the one that just wants to break just them up. Just out of spite. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're Taylor. Yes. Yeah. You're no, I am. Taylor. Yeah. I am Taylor because she'll just go up to Gabrielle and be like, he sucks. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> no. And she's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to go half date Corbin and, like, not actually do it, yeah. but Okay. I remember as a kid, I was always really confused on if the guy playing piano in Fabulous was Ryan or not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That confused me so much because from shot to shot, it's like he'll be in the chaise lounge. it's confusing. And then he'll be on the piano. Is that diegetic or non-diegetic Ryan in the pool? I was so confused. (laughs) Yeah. There's that shot of Gabriella near the beginning diving into the pool um, to like save Sharpay, it's a body double and it is, it's actually, guys, I know, I know people disagree with me on this clearly by the TikTok I posted that ended up getting a million views about body doubles and the parent trap. But I'm telling you, if you just watch it and you see this shot, it's, you can see the face. It's not her. It's not her. And the wig is really bad too. Um, the vocals in general, are a lot rougher than I remembered. Yes. And there is more dubbing than just Zac Efron in this movie. And this is just me 
having a keen ear. <laughs> this I is think. just me being a genius. Um, but Gabriella's vocals are very much a blend of her own and someone else's. You can just tell. And I'm very familiar with her singing voice now because of Gigi. Right. So I think that that contributes to me being able to tell what's her and what's not. Yeah, that makes sense. But people only think of dubbing um, with High School Musical for Zac Efron and Drew Seeley in that whole situation. But no, truthfully, there's a lot. There's a lot more than that. And they were young. You know, it's like you got you can cut them some slack because they genuinely actually were teens. But like, you know, there's like 5,000 theater kids out there that could do it. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? They weren't pretty enough, I guess. (laughs) They weren't plugged into the mainframe enough. Miss Kelsey, you have written the world's most bland songs (laughs) that I have ever heard. It's so funny how she's like, I wrote this for you guys to play the leads. And then they're just like, the words they're singing are just like, Every day is new, and I believe in you. Like, it's like, you're so right. It's very, like, music's in my soul, and you are fun to be with. Yeah. Oh, my God. They really are not. That's so true. None of the songs in this movie literally say anything. No. Like, when, okay. All when for one, I hear you my, are the music in me. When I hear my favorite song. I know we belong because you are the music in me. What does that mean? It's living in all of us <laughs> and it's brought us here because you are the nah, music nah, in nah, me. Nah, 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 You are the music you in me. You know the words once upon a time. Make you listen. There's a reason. When, what's what's the, reason? the reason? We never find out. <laughs> when you dream. Oh, dude, we have to do some singing though. This is the problem is that the songs are so good even though they're so stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know, what about us? What about about everything everything we've been been through? through? But what about trust? Like, we're going to come back to that when we get to the favorite lines to sing. Um, One thing I will praise them for, cutting Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Apua (laughs) was a good idea. I agree. Because when you watch the scene, you're just like, oh, no. Like, it's it's yeah. bad for business. It I'm glad business. they cut it. Good decision. But it's in the Disney Plus version. Right. Yeah. Which I can also appreciate. Yeah. But And it it was on the soundtrack. And I remember that. Like when I downloaded it onto my iPod. Yes. The song was there. And nope. But the thing is, none of us had heard it. Nope. So we were just like, what is this? Yes. Also, the best part of that song to me is that when Ryan goes, a long time ago, in a land far away. The, the sound of a long time ago is so blown out. <laughs> it's like, how could he, like, what happened there and why couldn't they recut that? Like, how, was that really the best take? That just always amuses me. I just, I just don't get the feeling they did much coverage for this movie. I oh, think that's yeah. why we have these, like, blown out, out of focus, um, <laughs> really just poorly done things yeah. in High School Musical 2 that you just don't notice when you're a kid. Right. Like, <laughs> okay, problematic. Honestly, there's not a lot, which is shocking. Okay, no, I I have one thing, and I don't. It's not problematic in the way that we usually talk about this category, where mm-hmm. things are more obvious. But I do think that the High School Musical franchise contributed so heavily to young girls wanting a boyfriend because Same of Zac more. Efron, like, and because of Troy and Gabriella. You think so? Yeah, like, I really do. The boyfriend industrial complex. Yes. (laughs) Like, I I think, especially because I was in, what, like, fifth grade, Mm -hmm. that is right on the precipice of when you would even begin to think about that anyway. Right. So I think it just really hit my, like, not my generation, we're in the same generation, (laughs) but you know what I mean, like, that age group where it just like hit all the girls at once. I remember all my friends in like fifth grade were so boy crazy Mm -hmm. and I wasn't on their level. Yeah. And I just was like, what is going on? And everyone was obsessed with high school musical, like Troy and Gabriella. And I think, I think that the franchise really did contribute. I mean, I'd buy it. Because obviously, like, everyone did ship Troy and Gabriella. Yes. Um, And they were cute. 
they're annoying in High School Musical too. Yeah. But they were cute. And like, I like that they were a real couple. Mm-hmm. The other day I wa- rewatched the Vanessa Hudgens music video for Say Okay. Great song. And Zac Efron is in the music video. I know. And it's like them being themselves. It's not them playing yeah. Troy and Gabriella. So it's really cute. Yeah. And I like it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just, I think it was premature for all of us to be like. Yes. Wanna be my boyfriend? <laughs> oh my God, Audrey had boyfriends in that era too. So now, and okay, we don't even need to talk about, okay, there's Miley Cyrus cameo. It happens. There was a contest voting on who you wanted to see. It happened. You did not imagine that. It's real. Okay. So now we're getting into our last two segments here. The first one is our favorite of various things. Favorites. Yeah. Audrey, would you like to lead us through this? Let's say our best song on three. Ready? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I actually didn't even pick one because okay, there's so I'll many bangers. pick one right now. You have no time. Uh, three, three two, one. one. You bet on it. You me? <laughs> bet on it? Yes. Okay, fine. I mean, for me, it was a tie between bet on it and, like, gotta go my own way, probably. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I like the duets even though they're bad. Like, the words are horrible, but, like, the songs are good. Yeah. Well, Gotta Go Man, like, it's technically a duet, kind of. <laughs> sort of. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um. Okay, worst song. You got it? Yes. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. I every don't day. Dance. I could see it. I could see I Don't Dance being the worst song. Like. I'm talking, like, straight up song. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a great number. Yeah. But you can't sing it. Yeah. Well, I can. Well. <laughs> Yes, but it's not particularly singable. Yeah, it's not particularly melodic. No. Um, but the, the reason verses are good though. I said every day because it's like weak. Like all for one is way better as a closer. Cause you think yes. you think every day is closer. It's not. Also, it's just like why is it every day? Why are they singing every day? It doesn't make any sense. Like no. The, that's why I'm like, why is this here? And I feel like that's when you can really tell that they like buy these songs from random songwriters. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? It's like Kelsey, your songs, girl. <laughs> she, Kelsey would be a great corporate songwriter. You crank them out, but they are not great. Like You're lacking some specificity. Yeah. <laughs> um, best choreography. Okay, I am not very good at paying attention to this part. I think. I mean, I can answer this. You just answer this one. So, for me, the the best choreography is a tie between "What Time Is It" and "I Don't Dance." Yeah, um, I, had, I had what time is it written down. I think what time is it has the most memorable choreography and I Don't Dance has the most impressive and technically um, difficult yes. choreography. Yes. And then my favorite line to sing, what's yours? Well, there's the obvious, which is what about us? Right. What about everything we've been through? But there's a lot of great ones. Also going, is fun too. What's mm-hmm. yours? Mine is like niche. I'd picked a niche one. Okay. Summer like never before. <laughs> I want more. Oh shit, that also reminds me, just towels imported from yeah. Turkey. <laughs> but shit. The snapping, they're like, summer like never before. before. Yep. Um, and then this is my favorite dialogue line, which I didn't mean to like choose, but when I heard it, when it's so annoying, but when Gabriella goes, you're crazy wildcat. Oh my fucking God. Every time they invoke wildcats, I'm like, I hate this like, so much. People do not talk like this. No, they do not. Like when you're dealing with all of us crazy wildcats. Oh. <laughs> like. I bet it took a lot of work to get these wild cats into shape. <laughs> like, or when he goes, when Troy, when they're trying to convince him to sign up for the talent show. Yes. And he goes like, maybe we can work something out, <laughs> but only if we're all in this together. <laughs> I wrote that down too. The way that they'll just say song titles <laughs> instead of saying any words. And like, everyone just stands there and takes his. <laughs> or like at the end, at the end when, <laughs> same shit, when Zach's like, or Troy to Sharpay, he's like, remember the first thing you said to me this summer? And she's like, 
We're, we're all in this together. together. Also, mm-hmm. no, you didn't. When did he say I think that? that? She did. Oh right, yeah, yeah. She was trying to like convince him. She's like, like he, she like invokes. We're all in this together to like convince him to bend to her oh, will. For sure. I also like, just love that that suggests that they were like conscious of the time they all saying we're all in this together. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the implications of them saying song titles from the first movie that were non-diegetic, like. You that's, want to talk about diegesis. creepy. Holy shit. That's creepy. Okay. So the last thing we have to talk about here, if you remember from other movies we've done that are sequels, we use our Schaeferless rules of sequels to evaluate uh, whether it's a strong sequel or not. So these are the four rules. And again, Schaeferless is a YouTube creator. If you've seen any of his videos, like... Shark Tale is a cinematic disaster yes um and like why shrek 2 is the best sequel like the perfect sequel yeah um he's like a really really funny content creator and he has ignored my emails multiple times so if you don't out yourself like that i just did though (laughs) (laughs) i just want him to notice me okay so these are the four rules one a good sequel must expand the universe of of the thing check i don't know about that physically it does that's what I mean. Okay, expands it to what? The local country club? Yes. I feel like expanding the universe is heavily dependent upon more new and relevant characters. So I don't think that it really works I mean, that well. do I think it does it well? No, but like in theory, geographically speaking, it does. I guess, <laughs> but I, I would not give that a very hard yes. No, me either. Okay, the second rule is... A good sequel must continue the story. To me, it feels like it regurgitates the same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not, I agree. Nothing really happens. Does Yeah. This movie, it's not about much. Um, mm. and, and that is also a common trend with sequels of DCOMs mm-hmm. because they don't exactly know what might happen with it afterwards. Will there be a third one? So usually the journey that they go on in the sequel is rather limited. Where they end is the same spot that they ended in at the first movie. Like yes. that happens very often. Yes. The whole movie feels like one massive victory lap to me. Yeah. Like, they didn't really have to do it's much. It's a party. It is a party. And, like, I lived. Yes. But. We don't want it to be anything else. No. Like, at all. But when you watch it on its own, standing on its own two legs, it's like, this is all fluff. Okay, rule number three is, a good sequel must expand upon or introduce new themes. No. Nope. Hard Mm-mm. no. <laughs> Hard no. Hits the same themes. At the very most. Hits the same themes and then does not expand on new themes. I guess it it kind of starts talking about the future aspect a bit more. Because I know the third movie is like all about the future. Um, so there's that. But like. But they I, say the same type of stuff in the first movie. Yeah, too. but it's just like a little bit less like. Uh, egregious probably and then the last rule of good sequel the movie should leave an impact on the universe in a positive way i i think for the audience it did unfortunately it basically does because the songs are really good and it's very fun and it like delivered what we needed at the time yeah i think asking that question at the time versus asking it now are two different things yeah like, does it accomplish all of that now? No. But it did at the time, and that's what everyone remembers. So I think that's kind of a yes. Like, it's sort of like, is it's sort of like a 50%, like a pass-fail. Like Right. It is pass-fail. It is pass-fail. Like, and it passed. What did, what did we say? Three out of four? Well, it's I like really two. feel like it was like two out of four at the very most. So is it worthwhile? Is it worthwhile for you? For me? Yeah. Yes. Only because it's really fun. Mm -hmm. It's like eating candy. Yeah. And if I didn't have nostalgia for it, I probably would hate it 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just something about it that just appeals to me still. Yeah. Because let me just say, I started watching this movie at like 9 a.m. today. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And tell me why I was tearing up during what time is it? They put something in this movie. <laughs> and it's nostalgia. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, and I'm just too sentimental for these things. And clearly I remember the era of this movie very, very well. well. Like weirdly well. Yeah. And usually I don't. Like this is like the first time ever where like I've had more to you say like than you. like a full on That's So Raven like flashback. Yeah. Instead of flash forward. Yeah. I said this already, but I think that it is also worthwhile for these like weird scenes where you see characters talk to each other that usually don't talk to each other. Like it's yes. kind of just odd, um, but very fun, fun to watch. Yes, I totally agree. Is it a good story? No. Are you going to feel moved by the themes explored? No. No. But you might get a good giggle. <laughs> And you might you might get up on your feet, you might dance, you might sing, and that's really what it's all about. That is the point. That's what Kenny Ortega wants. Yes. Sir Kenneth. Mission accomplished, <laughs> sir. Great work. Wow. Okay, so here we are. We made it to the end. <laughs> Audrey, I know you wanted to say something about our YouTube subscribers, correct? Oh, yeah. So, guys, I'm the one who runs the YouTube channel for reveal, this podcast. admin reveal of the yes. YouTube channel. I make the videos for it. I keep that shit up and tidy yes. for the viewers. And I just wanted to say we are two subscribers away from 500 on YouTube, which is really kind of nuts to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, just look up Sleepover Cinema. You'll find us. Give us a little subscribe. Hit the bell. <laughs> you're going to be... Like and subscribe. You're going to feel like such a dunce if you haven't been watching the video version because it looks pretty good. Audrey puts a lot of work into it. And I it's also a slightly different edit. Yes, it is. It's my edit versus Hannah's edit. Yeah, so it is I a little different. the podcast podcast. Um. But yeah, I always put up images of everybody we talk about. The trailer is shown. It's very aesthetic and cute. Like, I would suggest, I mean, generally speaking, like, listen to the podcast version. But, like, just give it a look. Yeah. But, like, just give it a look. Yeah. that That's all I'm saying. Yes. Also, thank you to all of you who have left um, podcast reviews for us that have been super nice recently. I just want to bring it up again. <laughs> if you give us a prompt and some specific details, we will do a 10 second song about you. The last two we got did not have any um, instructions, but we appreciate it nonetheless. And if this reminder just prompts you to write a review without giving us song prompt, that's okay yes, too. Yes, totally. Okay, so Audrey, I feel like we should sing a harmony before we okay. leave. So what should we do? Your harmony to melody is echoing inside my head. A single voice above the noise and like a common thread. Ooh, you upon me. Hey. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That was a nice, a nice baritone moment over here. Okay. So we could literally do a high school musical covers album, but that is not the point. <laughs> not the point. Um, we hope you're enjoying our musical mini season. We are clearly having a really good time. Yeah. Um, and next up. We don't, we even, don't know. even know. But we'll probably record some more while we're on vacation. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay, we hope you have such a good week between now and next time we see you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at twopingpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too. Search sleepover cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at twopingpictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at sleepover cinema and that's really where the party is at. And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share the episode with a few friends. Leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next and leave us a review if you like the show. And if you don't, don't. 
Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. Bye. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.